Okay. I, I sent it to you in the in your DMs. Um, but it's <laughs> it's the weirdest ad. <laughs> God, this. God. <laughs> if you suffer from your knees, you should know this. I don't suffer from my knees. I suffer from my ribs. Oof. Oof. But oh my god, that's. <laughs> also, what are those shoes? Uh, you know that's like that's a great question. I don't. I'm uncomfortable with the arch. Yeah, those, those are. They almost look like heelys. But there's no way to get away from your feelies, so like. <laughs> you know. You know, they're not effective. Uh, Absolutely. Okay. Um, hello, everybody. This is Nonsense and Noise, a podcast about the queer pop culture experience. My name is Nathan Cotto. It's another another week that has gone by and that we've survived. And I am so happy to have a good friend on the podcast for another guest. We met playing Overwatch in a Facebook group, and he has gotten me into the realm of Final Fantasy. We hang out a lot. And please welcome to the pod... Vesper Adelaide and his his own in his own words, he's stolen the identity of a fictional character of his own design. So welcome, Vesper. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So I we'll we'll talk about how I'm feeling first, and then we'll talk about how how Vesper's feeling, and then we'll move on to the pop culture updates. But I'm tired. It's been a, a long fucking week. I not quite lo- logged like a fifty hour week again, but I. Ooh, Thursday, like, I think Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I've, like, worked past 5 p.m., and, like, I, like, try and keep my work day to end at 5, I, like, work from home. So that has been less than optimal, which, of course, the longer I work, the less free time I have to do whatever I want to do, and right now there's a big video game backlog that I have. I have been playing Legends Arceus and really, really enjoying it. It's been so fun to run around and bully Pokemon and have Pokemon bully me in real t- in real time um, <laughs> because <laughs> in the game you can you can get attacked by Pokemon and and not exactly die but the dialogue every all the characters seem to be very preoccupied with like don't do this badly or you might die it's it's a quite a stark tone change from other Pokemon games so that's been fun but of course yeah just like juggling that with like oh maybe one night i want to play valorant or there's a lunar near overwatch event going on right now (laughs) so there's just so many things to do it was lunar new year on tuesday and i had a delicious meal my wallet was not happy about it but my my tummy was i had a really really great fish dish and that was lasted me three separate meals of fish so i should have hopefully we have enough good luck for this year and probably by the time the episode drops it will have been my birthday so that's what's going on with me vesper how are you i'm doing all right how about i don't know dude (laughs) i think i'm all right okay i haven't decided okay i mean it is it is hard to take emotional inventory on the spot yeah how how was your week i know we we hung out a little bit earlier this week they're playing overwatch but but other than that how, how have you been it's been weird there's just i don't know dude work is work and everyone and yeah. their mother is buying something from outside of province, so I have to do some fun stuff with that. Oh yeah, Vesper is in Canada. They're uh, he's not in the U.S., so he's got provinces. We got states. Yeah. Uh, which one is better? Who knows? Neither, probably. <laughs> Anyhow, 
I yeah, did that transaction that I told you about that usually takes like mm. ninety minutes in forty, so that felt pretty good. It's nice. Job speed run. It's nice when people have their shit together. It's very nice when people have their shit together. Are you able to tell people on air what you do without like giving yourself away, or can can you say? Exactly I sell car what you insurance. Do? That's all. So you heard it here, folks. If you if you need car insurance, bring all your documents. It'll make your your person <laughs> helping you happy. And it'll just make things much faster. It's really weird how things go smoother when you show up with everything you need to. Imagine being prepared. <laughs> Imagine being prepared for anything. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you're feeling at least okay, and that the week has treated you okay. Yeah. It's Friday. We are we are now into heading into the weekend, so that is small. Uh, wow, what is the phrase? Small victories. Small victories. Small wonders. I don't know. I don't small know. victories. We'll take them. So, yeah, we'll we'll talk a little bit about some some pop culture updates and everything that's coming through. So it's just some movies and video games that are on the horizon that I've flagged. Movies most of the time will include a person of color in a lead role. As for video games, it's just kind of stuff that I'm looking forward to. So, movies, and Vesper, of course, feel free to chime in with any of your opinions or anything. Absolutely. Um, Movies, the first one to note is Uncharted. The video game got turned into a movie, and that comes out on February 18th. I did not ever play Uncharted. Vesper, did you ever play it? No, but it sounded kind of neat, but I never did. Meant to. Okay. Yeah, I <laughs> I think it's a, an adventure RPG game. That's about all I know. And I forget who else. I think it might be Mark Wahlberg. It might be another generic white man in it, but uh, Tom Holland from Spider-Man is playing Nathan Drake. So that should be an interesting role to see him in. The only reason why I flagged this movie is because it's a video game movie. Yeah. Um, so that comes out on February 18th. There is another movie coming out the week before on February 11th called Death on the Nile. And it features several actors of note. The first one who is not pers- the only non-person of color who I wish to flag in this movie is Emma Mackey. She plays, oh god, what's her name? Maeve on Sex Education on Netflix, which is a really, really wonderful series. If you have not watched that already, I highly recommend it. So there's her, Letitia Jackson of Black Panther fame and also of anti-vaxxer fame. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's like a great thing to be known for, but that's uh, I feel like those are the two things. And it's just so weird because I know Vesper, you didn't probably didn't see Black Panther, but she plays like the like younger sister of the main character and oh. she's supposed to be like this really really smart scientist person so just so stupid <laughs> i've definitely heard of that character yeah so she plays shuri and and shuri's supposed to be like really smart and like forefront of science and clearly it's just acting <laughs> I mean, correct we knew it was acting before but it's clearly just acting there's no brains there absolutely and then two other people of note, there's Sophie Okonedo, she's a black British actress, and then Ali Fazal, who's an Indian actor crossing over from Bollywood to Hollywood. So that's Death on the Nile on the February 11th, it's a murder mystery. There is also a Netflix movie coming out on the week before, wow, I did not set this up well in today, terms of release dates, um, chronologically. Uh, it, it actually came out today on date of recording, February 4th. It's called My Best Friend and Frank. That is on Netflix. Please do, if you've not learned about the Holocaust at all, or like you're looking to try and learn more about like the most iconic Jewish story from the Holocaust, please watch this movie. I'm sure that it will help, you know, 
people learn about this terrible event as well as like hopefully develop more empathy for people so that is on netflix as of today and then the last movie that i wanted to bring up is coming out on february 11th it's a limited release so i'm not sure exactly where you'll be able to see it but the movie is called those who walk away starring boo boo stewart who is an actor with mixed native japanese chinese and korean so native meaning native american sorry heritage uh, and you might recognize him from twilight white frog X-Men as Warpath, and I think he was in the TV show Descendants. I think probably the most notable role that people will know him from is the Twilight Saga. Unfortunately, he plays... Gosh, I don't remember his name. Seth Um, Clearwater. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah, so that's (laughs) Boo Boo Stewart. I I know him more from White Frog, which is actually a really cool movie. Definitely give that one, give that little indie movie a a try if you have not already. That is also another one where I think it's a, the center focuses a native family and living with a a child who has autism. So it's a really good movie. I really enjoyed it. It was very cute. So that's movies uh, that are coming out in February or the first two weeks of February that have people of color in them. And then moving into the video game world, there is Sifu or Shifu coming out on February 8th, on my birthday. This is of note to me just because this game is a kung fu fighter game, but ironically enough, the studio is all white, their kung fu consultant is also white. Hopefully there's nothing terrible in there, but I'm just like, at what point do we want to like, you know, include somebody in there to like maybe take some notes or something that would be probably good (laughs) maybe you'd think right (laughs) maybe just you know in case somebody like really fucked something up then it'd be like uh maybe we shouldn't do that but that is sifu coming out february 8th spelled s-i-f-u also coming out on february 8th is a little indie game called ali ali world it's a little game where you play as a skateboarder It looks really cute from the Nintendo Indie Showcases that I've seen it in, but that's just not really up my alley. But that is something also to look out for. Moving into games that I am interested in, Horizon Forbidden West is coming out on February 18th. I have not played Horizon Zero Dawn yet, but I want to. Have you played that game, Vesper? No. No. Okay. I play, like, the same six games over and over, so... (laughs) Um. Lovely. (laughs) Uh, I mean... I feel like the common struggle for people who play video games is just like, oh, look, this new thing is coming out that I really want, and I'm going to add it to the pile that I will never touch while I play the same six games over and over again. (laughs) While I play the same game I pay monthly for. Yes. I mean, that makes sense. It's like I got to extract the most value for my money. So yeah, Horizon Forbidden West is coming out February 18th. From what I know, it's like an adventure game where you get to fight big mecha dinosaurs like it's set in yeah something like that yeah like it's set in like the the not the stone age people never humans never actually overlapped with dinosaurs so like there's no like real historical precedent for this but yeah you get to fight big old <laughs> mecha creatures and that looks pretty cool and then these last two games i'm super fucking stoked for triangle strategy comes out march 4th this is a strategy game from square enix if you played octopath traveler it is in the same style where the backgrounds are in 3d and the characters themselves are just 2d pixel art it is very similar to like final fantasy tactics advance or any like tactics game where you move on a grid and you've got your units and they have 
distinct abilities and stuff. The really cool thing about triangle strategy is it's very story-driven and the story involves choice-making and none of these questions are easy. So like, for example, one of the questions that you'll have to face is, do you give up your friend to prevent future bloodshed or do you keep him in your party and fight for his freedom essentially and but like while sacrificing the lives of other people so there's lots of replay value and the other really cool thing is all of the characters have unique classes from what i've seen so far and so i think that means unique growth trees as well so that should be pretty interesting and then the final title is kirby and the forgotten land coming out on march 25th i played Kirby's Dreamland 3 after seeing one of my friends play it on stream and it looked super fun so I'm really excited actually to have this sort of 3D Kirby game that's I think a first for the series although I did not play any other Kirby games before. Vesper anything you want to add in terms of video game news or anything or, or, or any thoughts? Um, so I do believe there was 3D Kirby games before. Okay I stand corrected. On like the N64. I'm a fake fan. At least Crystal Shards was. Yes you're right I am a fake fan. But today after people have been waiting for like ever apparently grand theft auto 6 was announced today finally okay but it won't be till like 2025 but you know okay all right at least they get something some food yes some food for three years from now yeah that's what we're used to right (laughs) video games taking 600 years just wait which is okay as long as they're complete and not full of terrible terrible bugs true did you play anything in the the gta franchise uh yeah um it was like the only thing my dad would play with us when i was oh, a kid okay. <laughs> good kid Besides, friendly like, mario media. golf <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah like grand theft auto 3 and like san andreas and stuff i don't know what would he do when when you know the more mature elements in the game would show up he i don't remember <laughs> okay. i really don't remember well well i mean do you remember the mature parts of the game or you just don't remember what he did i just remember bloodshed okay okay well i mean i feel like that is one staple for the gta franchise so maybe maybe it worked (laughs) maybe (laughs) all right so that's all of the pop culture news and everything as always this is not an exhaustive list so if i've missed anything apologies for for not highlighting something that you're looking forward to i have not gotten any complaints yet because this is certainly a podcast that everybody listens to um, absolutely <laughs> but it's always everything good to have... i care about is until next month anyway yeah yeah every th- um, it's always good to have a guest on just so they can fill in the gaps and, and give their impressions so with that we're going to take a quick break before moving into the main content okay and we're back from the break hope everybody got a drink of water got a snack and we're gonna move on to the main content so this is probably gonna be the final episode for the boys love series mainly because i don't know any other major boys love titles that i want to watch and we're going to talk about this movie called the inyang master dreams of eternity or the chinese name which is Xinyaji. and it uh before we get into that vesper do you have any experience with the boys love genre and do you have like any favorite titles favorite tropes do you love it hate it what 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 is the what is your connection nothing that's not like fan fiction Mm -hmm. yeah i don't know it was kind of like a crucial part of like you know figuring things out Mm -hmm. yeah yeah fair enough yeah i'm actually i'm very curious to see your thoughts and, and feelings about the genre as well as just you know the movie of course considering 
your experiences, whatever. And yeah, so we'll certainly get into that. So back to the movie itself. This is one again, once again, the Inyang Master Dreams of Eternity. This is a movie that's available on Netflix. This is a movie based on novels about the Japanese occult practice called Omyodo, which comes from the Chinese practice of Wuxing, which is basically the concept that the world is made up of five elements, fire, water, wood, earth, and metal, and each of these elements exists in harmony with each other. And so that practice went to Japan, and then there was a, a Japanese Onmyodo popped up, and then pe- practitioners of Onmyodo are called Onmyoji, or basically Inyang Masters. So this is the story of how one Inyang Master and another exorcist priest, Qingming is the Onmyoji, and Boya is the the warrior priest in this, they both work together to save the city and the world from an immortal serpent demon. So that's a very, very quick overview. There's lots of tie-ins with some Chinese mythology as well in this. I think actually the four cardinal direction creatures are, are present in Japanese mythology as well too. So this is not exactly a traditional boy's love, I guess, in that it's not like fully original. I don't think that the novels were ori- themselves originally Boy's Love either, just because like they were written quite a while ago. Let's see. Yeah, these were written in 1986, so it actually it's possible that they could be in Boy's Love genre, but this is a series of novels written in the 80s by Baku Yume Makura, and this ran for 12 years from... Uh, actually, it's apparently the novels are still going, but yeah, it was written in 1986. There's a manga that ran for 12 years, and yeah, so that's what this is all based on. Vesper, what yeah. did you think about the movie? I thought it was fantastic. What uh, a- <laughs> lots of reasons. Yes. I have like a, this list of just like a stream of consciousness I wrote while we were watching it. Yeah. I really like the visual effects. I really like the action choreography. Cor- mm-hmm. cor- I don't know how to say that word, apparently. <laughs> also, I don't know, dude. Yeah. Like, no. The blood and stuff was really well done. The what? The blood? Yeah, on the people and stuff. I don't know. That's something I notice a <laughs> okay. lot. And, okay. You know, just that's just how that's I an, That's an interesting thing to notice. I, I don't think I've paid attention, too much attention to, like, movie blood or, like, media series blood unless it's, like, really, really noticeable, I guess. Fair um, enough. I'm a visual person, so that's like a thing. It, that is, it is good to to live with your eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> to experience the world through your eyeballs. I don't want eyeballs. them anymore now. Yeah, no, the, I would definitely agree with you. The really cool things of about this movie, like I actually saw, learned about this movie because I saw a gift set on Tumblr with the opening sequence where Qingming's master calls down his spirit servants and... Like, I saw that, and I was like, damn, this looks really pretty and really cool. What is this? And then found the movie on Netflix and decided to watch it for the first... Well, the first time I watched it, it was, like, Saturday morning. Not Saturday morning, <laughs> sorry. Saturday night into Sunday morning. I started watching at, like, 2 in the morning. And this movie is almost three hours long. So I watched the whole thing. was like, damn, that was great. Went to bed, got up, and watched it again. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, between Vesper and I, we've watched it almost ten times. <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> I have watched it, uh, let's see, there's those two times I watched it with another friend. Oh, no, I watched it after watching. There's actually another version of In Young Master that's, a, I think, a little bit closer to the novelization on Netflix, literally just called The In Young Master. I don't remember what the subtitle is, but there's another one, and that one is not a boy's love at all. It's more like adventure fantasy and a sort of commentary on not exactly slavery, but there you can you can see allegories for that. So there's yeah, that's three, and then Vesper and I have watched it together twice, so that's five, and then yeah, so I think it yeah for me it's five times, yeah. and I think Vesper has seen it four times, so we're almost at ten. Yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> a lot of times we're probably contributing to the view count on Netflix, and that's perfectly great. That's absolutely okay. <laughs> and I think this movie is actually getting a sequel based on like the ending there's like a little scene after the credits where one of the characters who dies during the movie wow this is actually this is spoilers that's okay um (laughs) she like appears to move in her grave in her in her tomb so I'm, i'm kind of excited i hope they do a sequel because that character didn't deserve to die she was really cool very true yeah very true other than other than those thoughts, and was there anything actually that you didn't like that that happened in the movie? I feel like there's a lot of symbolism that goes over my head, but I can't like put it into words because mm-hmm. I take things fairly literally. Mm-hmm. Well, we can talk about those things for sure. Um, I don't really know if there's anything. Oh, okay. No, there was one specific thing where I was like, I don't like these things. Mm-hmm. There was a part near the end in, like, the memories yeah, that I thought was a bit too drawn out. Okay. For a character I didn't find particularly compelling. Is it when they're in the snake and Ming shows yes. uh, the princess the memory? Yes. Okay. And then one of my other notes was just specifically too much hetero hand-holding at the end. Yes. I <laughs> I agree with that. The interesting thing about this, I feel like, which like really cements its place in like the sort of boys' love tropes, are that all, pretty much all the women in this movie end up dead. Um, yep. We didn't need like there's uh the the character who's really cool is Longye or Along, and she is another like really skilled priest who's called to the temple to fight off the demon snake, and. She ends up dead, and it's really sad. And then, of course, the princess, who ends up being the flesh container for the snake demon, she ends up dead, too, due to some plot points. But yes, at the end, there's there's a lot of heterosexuality, and we, we don't necessarily... Um, it's not what we're here for. I just want to say I hate the term flesh container, or whatever you just said. <laughs> I couldn't think of the word vessel. I'm just like, what is it? I know. What's that word? Flesh container. That that works. <laughs> the meat suit. Um, I'm going to find you and throw you out a window. Thank you, friend. Conveniently, my apartment has, what, let's see, there are a few sets of windows. One of them has a fire escape out of them, so that one wouldn't be effective, but then the other one looks four stories down into a courtyard, so that would be perfect. <laughs> I didn't say it was going to be your own window. Oh, Add some variety. I love that. It's always a surprise. Also, I'm just looking through my notes here. Half of them are just, hey, this character's hot. Uh, so that's fun. Yeah, no, let's talk Let's talk through your notes, too, because, I mean, that will be great to guide the conversation and everything. Um, 
the first fight between our two main characters. Yes. My notes for that are just, that was a hot fight scene, so that's interesting. <laughs> yes. Cool. Yes. So, once well, again, the two main characters, Qingming and, and Boya, they are, it's the very classic trope of, like, black-robed character and white-robed character meet, and they are polar opposites, and everyone's, and, and it's sort of, like, very, very obvious that they're going to be, like, the center of the love story, but their opening fight is really beautifully choreographed, as Vesper pointed out earlier. Qingming has the most dramatic entrance, and that is my sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, makes eye contact with the camera. His, like, magic circle flashes in the background. It's just gorgeous. His robes are flowing. I just, wow. I want to be that magical when I meet (laughs) a potential boyfriend. (laughs) So there's the, the opening fight scene. What else? Fighting's a great way to create sexual tension. I'll die on this hill. I um, me too. <laughs> there's a lot of tension in this movie. I feel. Yeah. And sometimes I'm like, oh, this is uncomfortable, but other times I'm like, oh, this is perfect. Do you, do you, you have know? any examples of, of no. either one? <laughs> I didn't write that down. Okay. I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think about some instances of tension. Well, so obviously the fight scenes are tension, fill like obvious obvious physical tension. I feel like there's some there's some comic tension too, yeah. like there's a scene where Qingming and Boya are, are like, why were you like, why were you watching me all night with your magical tools? And that's such it, a good scene. It's it's such a funny scene. Like there's this because there's already immediate friction between Qingming and Boya, and they they just kind of like ruffle each other's feathers, and Qingming is like, in addition to well, so with them being polar opposites, like Qingming is this really like once again fits exactly the 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 type of ship stereotype that i love he's this like shit-eating mischievous person and and then boya is this like really no-nonsense type of dude and they really clash and i love it but yeah when they get to the imperial palace in the city they're distrustful of each other so they plant all sorts of surveillance devices in each other's rooms and and Boya actually uses it to exonerate Singming of, of an accusation and and then they have like a not really an argument per se, but there's this like mildly comic comedically tense scene of like, Well, why did you do this? And then Boya's just like, Well, why did you do this? And then Along walks by and she like has surveillance devices from both of them in her room and she just like drops them on at their feet and it's the funniest scene in the entire movie. <laughs> And the way she walks away is so good. <clears throat> it's so good. And also, like, the costuming in this movie is just so great. Um, it is phenomenal. I think probably second after the visual effects budget is probably the costuming. Because just everything, everything's great. Everything, everybody looks, like, gorgeous. There's a scene where it shows Qingming and Boya getting ready. And they have attendants helping them get ready. And it makes sense because their costumes are just so elaborate. And they all have fancy hats. Yes. <laughs> Which is important. It's a very important detail. T- and then there's, yeah, so, like, speaking of more about tension and everything, like, there's ov- obviously, like, the whole overall tension throughout the movie of, like, oh, we need to find out where the snake demon is and, like, get rid of it so that way it doesn't destroy the world. And so I feel like that's probably good tension, in your opinion. Absolutely. And then as far as, like, I'm trying to think of, like, weird or, like, 
bad tension that I could could think of, but I uh, maybe between like Shoho, uh, gosh, what's what's his name again? I cannot remember. I just remember I that it. Talking about. Yeah, it, I just remember that his name like more or less translates to like protector of the moon, Hushul Yue, um, who is technically a spirit servant of Qingming's late master, who the master put in place to protect the princess. But basically, his his sort of overarching goal is to protect the princess forever, and that's actually what dri- is driving like the 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 larger motiv- motivator driving like most if not all of the movie but i guess like i mean there was hetero tension there and we're not necessarily here for it yeah but other i just than... really like that character in particular you dislike well. that character i loved him oh, okay especially at the like you know with the snake yeah he turns into so he takes he becomes the vessel or meat suit for the snake demon to gain the power of immortality and then he can he re- ends up releasing the snake and trying to let it escape so that way he can be with the princess forever and he can like be a part of the snake and everything so i think that i mean more more cool visual effects and everything i it was interesting to see to see that character's motives and like how it blended with the plot and like how it drove everything forward and how especially like watching it a second and a third time <laughs> to yes. a fourth and a fifth time you see like how he's like pulling the strings in the background along with the princess. So yeah, no, he was, he was a really cool character. And then like as ter- in terms of like characters that I think were I think you mentioned before were like not as compelling. I think the princess falls into that um yes, pretty well. I don't know if you have more that you want to say about that. Not particularly. I think she's really the only character I just didn't care about. Yeah. I, I feel like her motivations were fairly weak. And I'm not sure, and, uh, like, I mean, I don't think that was necessarily her fault, per se, as a character, as much as, like, you know, this is, the writing was focusing on, on the boys. Yeah. And they were just like, well, we need to have something happening in the background to drive the plot forward, so we'll have this this person. All right, so that, uh, moving forward in, in your notes, what other, what other thoughts did you have? Um, she's like, Fantasy is very different between the East and the West, I feel. Hmm. Is what I got a lot out of this okay. movie. Mm-hmm. But also, I've never been, like, huge into, like, fantasy. Mm-hmm. Just, like, general surface stuff. But, like, it's cool to see the differences. And also, yeah. it's cool to see, like, having watched this repeatedly, mm-hmm. the more you learn. The yeah. More you notice. Yeah, and this is actually really cool because I think the first few times that you'd seen it you'd watched it on netflix with in the english dub right yes yes and And, um one of my favorite voice actors is actually one of the characters in it which is kind of cool yeah is it um who's it uh uh boyo's voice actor i can't remember who the voice actor is robbie draymond Mm, i don't know who that is okay to google Um, real quick okay yeah, but it was cool because, like, you know, we, we're watching... I, I watched it in the original Chinese on Netflix, and they have English subtitles, so I use that to keep track of mostly everything that was going on. And those English subtitles actually come from the English dub, so there are actually some lines inserted in the English dub in how they translate everything. 
And then the most recent time that we watched this movie, we couldn't watch it on Netflix just due to some logistical stuff. So we watched it in the original Chinese with more accurate translation of the subtitles. And so there were some things in there that I had pointed out to Vesper before, like in translation that didn't make it through into the English dub or like maybe were not accurately translated. So how is that experience with like seeing that even like further dimension in, in the story? It was definitely interesting. Just completely different, for sure. Yeah. Um, like, some things, yeah, completely changed the meaning, and I'm like, oh, okay, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think, and like... Then, oh, go ahead. And then in the English, it felt like there were... Just because of how English is, there mm-hmm. was a lot less impact with some of the phrasings. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, like, I think the the line for me that, that hit me the most, which I noticed in the original, like, the English subtitles, and then... I think Vesper got uh, got that not only from me like translating, but also like in the final version or final time where we watched, or the most recent time when we watched, was so Boya has to revive a spirit guardian, and in the English, I think he says, "I'm gonna use my essence," and so it's just like very like mystical fantasy term, and you're like, "Okay, that's cool. Like he should be fine, or like not fine per se, but like he should be." physically okay i think and then of course it cuts to the scene to, to later and he's like sitting on the statue and he's like bleeding and he and he essentially dies and <laughs> in the chinese it, he says i will resurrect the crimson phoenix with my blood so like the first time that the first time i was watching it i was like paying more attention to the subtitles and i'm like oh damn that that is wild that that just happened and then of course times afterwards (laughs) i'm like oh okay because he said i'm going to use my blood and that's why he literally he he died (laughs) yeah so yeah no actually i'm kind of surprised that you mentioned that you're not super into fantasy stuff just because i think i guess i'm just like thinking about like, I know you're into D&D, and then you play Final Fantasy, um, and those are pretty fantasy-heavy genres. They are. Um, they're not my usual, though. My usual oh, okay. is more, like, modern stuff, more like, you know, Persona, Danganronpa, that type of... Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Do you have any examples that you can think of of, like, difference between, like, fantasy East versus West? A lot of it's in the aesthetics. Hmm. I think, like... Especially that serpent. Yeah. Because I feel like in if it were a Western movie, it would not look nearly that way. Hmm. And they'd probably change some of like the God. What are they called? The the things they had to resurrect. Oh, the the spirit guardians. I feel like that would have been really different. Hmm. Yeah. In Western. Hmm. Types of things. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess it must have been, it still must have been, like, really cool to just, like, take in the story so many different times, and then, like, I feel like each time learn, learn a little bit more about, about, like, the world that was being built, as well as, like, the culture that went into it. Very much so. Very much so. It was super neat. And yeah. I'm still super glad you showed me this movie in the first place. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad that I have someone to yell about, <laughs> yell about it with. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember, like, hitting up Twitter at, like, 4 a.m. and, like, everybody needs to know about this movie. And, of course, like, everyone that I follow on Twitter is, like, bro, I'm fucking sleeping. I'm in the bed right now. <laughs> yeah. So what? any other notes that you had? 
trying to avoid anything where it's just like, oh, this was super cool or super hot. Um, <laughs> so at the end, mm-hmm. or close to the end, I don't, I don't remember who this is referring to, but when the sword was pulled from the chest, I thought oh. that was super awesome. It was like really well done. I think this is after Hushul Yue goes down as the snake. Um, yes. Because he gets stabbed with the sword. There's a the special sword that can kill the demon snake. And spoilers, the princess commits suicide to make it so that way Hushul Yue can't use the protection spell, which is supposed to be the strongest spell in Onmyodo. And it's based on your desire to protect somebody. So now with nobody in the world to protect, he can no longer cast an effective protection spell. So the sword stabs him. He is on death's door. Or no, he is like wounded, but he's like kind of doing okay. And he tries to basically like kill Boya like permanently with the sword. Because Boya at this point is still like not alive. (laughs) His body's just kind of chilling out there. And this is when Qingming is able to actually finally cast his very first protective spell, which actually leads perfectly into the next thing that I wanted to talk about. But yeah, he's able to cast uh, his very first effective protection spell because the whole concept of the protection spell is, is there anybody that you would protect with your life? And so when Qingming gets adopted by his master who teaches him all of the Onmyodo stuff and everything, he's a little boy. And as you can imagine, it's probably, like, very difficult for a child to imagine the concept of, like, <laughs> giving up their life to protect somebody. So, unsurprisingly, yeah. Ting Ming doesn't really master the protection spell until his quote-unquote best friend is at stake. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that, the romance. The romance. Yep. When did you know? I knew before I started because you told me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Um, A lot of it was just me projecting onto the rooftop fight. Yes, okay. That's how I would like to be courted, is by fighting. (laughs) Now, would you rather be Boya in that situation or Qingming? Like, the the more graceful and elegant or the more, more, like, I guess, not... I mean, Boya wasn't necessarily, like, brute force, but I think he's a little bit more, like blunt and everything than than Ming's fighting style. I think you know the answer to this already, oh but <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, also his aesthetic matches yours, too. It's very, like, it, it, he's the, the character dressed in black, and he's got this really sick bow. <laughs> yes, very true. And his sword is also really cool, just like his outfit. Ugh, so cool. Yes, sword is very cool. Swords are, in general, are very cool. <laughs> This is true. Yeah, no, I think I I don't remember when I was able to tell. I think, like, halfway through, there's this one scene where Boya is working to revive his spirit guardian, and so he's hunting demons, and Qingming is trying to do the same thing, but, like, more effect- efficiently, so... He, like, it just shows him sort of, like, wandering around the palace, but there's one time where Boya walks by Qingming, and Qingming is with his servant, like, spiritual servants, and they're all women, and Boya is just, like, very upset with him. He's just like, this is improper, blah, blah, blah. And then <laughs> <laughs> Boya walks by later, and Qingming is surrounded by men, and 
Boya gets, instead of saying anything, he just gets flustered, which I thought was really funny. I was like, oh. Hmm. Yep. So that was, that was I think, the moment when I knew the first first watch through that I was like, oh, okay. I think they might be, they might be in lesbians with each other. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I think the big thing that kind of, I know they did it with pretty much everyone, but the, um, you know, why were you watching me thing. Mm, okay. Was I really got that? Okay. Yeah. That's fair. That 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 is even earlier in the movie, so that <laughs> Yeah. I think the first time I watched through I didn't pick up on the chemistry quite then, but I think it was still very much just like we're at odds with each other and stuff. So yeah, Vesper, I'm actually very curious about how you related to the like sort of concepts of masculinity if if at all in this movie just considering your experience as a as a trans man well Very kind of not necessarily loaded question but also like um <laughs> difficult so yeah uh, <laughs> but but i'm I asking like, it <laughs> i i yeah i feel like it's how do i put this i'm just gonna read my notes real quick yeah I feel like masculinity is inherent, not something, like, absorbed or related to necessarily, because Mm -hmm. it's a different experience for everyone, I would imagine. Yes. It's just, this is a thing that exists and affects me. Mm -hmm. And anything else feels incorrect. Mm -hmm. So, I don't really necessarily relate in that way. Very fair. Were there, I guess, ideas of masculinity in this movie that you saw that you were like, I would like that I would like that character trait. Most of uh, Boyo's everything mm-hmm. existence. <laughs> very you know? fair. Yes. He's very handsome. He's got sick clothes, really nice weapons. He can, he can play a, a mean a mean flute. <laughs> and then just like the whole, how do I phrase this? Self-sacrifice. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I... I is a big component, I think, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that was that was a really interesting, I guess, way that like really interesting to see how both characters are like were willing to more or less put their lives on the line for each other. Um, yeah. In different ways, I think how they handled the consequences per se of that was was quite funny because Boya kind of like passes out quote unquote slash dies and then he gets resurrected once his uh once the spirit guardian is resurrected and and gives up its existence to protect boya because at that point in time he can't cast a proper protection spell so boya just kind of like waves it away he's just like yeah um don't worry about it (laughs) (laughs) that wasn't me that was uh, the crimson phoenix who said all that stuff whereas relatable (laughs) whereas Qingming kind of he he actually like is serious for the first time in the movie and he's just like no thank you you helped me become a true in young master because i can finally cast the protection spell which is the most important and that leads to that whole like very funny exchange so yeah no i think that was that was a really cool cool aspect of the movie is there anything or actually i guess to something that you mentioned earlier was there anything that you were confused about in the movie that maybe we haven't talked about yet in all of our all of our viewings not that i could like pin down okay i think if i watch it one more time (laughs) it'll probably click fair enough yeah there's i think 
as for like the mythology and everything in this movie, I don't think there's too much that like needs explaining per se because like the spirit guardians are a nice nod to like in Chinese mythology, more Chinese astrology. There are four gods, quote unquote, that govern the cardinal directions. I don't remember which directions correspond to which animals, but there's the white tiger, the blue dragon, the crimson phoenix, and then the black turtle. So those are the four cardinal direction beings. And I think, oh, actually, I remember we were talking one time about, so these four spirit guardians like end up making a barrier around the city to prevent the snake demon from leaving. And one interesting thing that I noted when I was watching was so there's technically five go- five celestial gods and the the last the, the fifth one is the golden dragon of the center and so when that barrier goes up you've got the different colors that are associated with the spirit guardians and then they all combine into a golden orb that then turns into a big old golden box <laughs> right yeah so that is like a cool like small thing that like isn't necessarily like plot changing or anything but that was like a cool minor detail of course like this is a movie that's made in china so they have all that culture to draw and it's not like this is an american made movie or anything yeah so actually i mean that also plays into how the romance is is portrayed it's not explicitly a romance because they never explicitly say i love you but it's very like you don't even have to squint (laughs) in my opinion (laughs) (laughs) You but, don't have to say I love you to say it. Exactly. This movie was, like, a really great illustration of, like, here are all the different ways to say that I love you, such as, like, saving you from a sandy pit. Um, yep. Or giving up my life to <laughs> stop a snake demon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or the the best one at the end was Tsingming is, is sailing home from the Imperial City, and Boya was, like, so, God, this is actually, like, the gayest thing. Um, he was just like, <laughs> we met to the sound of me playing the flute, so I'll play the flute to send you home. And I was like, damn, He's you, are, bad. you are a gay little man. Um, you love this man. Just admit it. It's fine. So there's that. And then, of course, like, the final final portion was Boya uses his arrow and casts a spell on it to turn it basically into a star that guides teaming home, which was very gay. <laughs> very adorable it was very cute and of course like this is set to the ending song in the movie which is i'm trying to remember what it translates to in the english it's like grave of lament or something like that but it's a really really pretty song it's sung by the actor who plays boya dong lun and he he just does a great job i i think and vesper both headcanon that the song is sung by boya to Qingming. And it's basically yes. talking about like, oh, I owe you a debt because of like the kindness and the patience and the like the the affection that you've shown me. It's it's a beautiful song. I really love it. Yeah. Anything else that you want to highlight in the movie that you? That... No. It's so good. <laughs> I think we've touched on everything really. Okay. Okay. Yeah. We've basically like discussed the entire thing. It's just really good. It's so good. I highly recommend watching this. Once again, it is on Netflix. It's called The Yin Yang Master, Dreams of Eternity. And I guess Yin Yang, for those of you who can't put together what I'm saying, you can also find it under Qingyaji, Q-I-N-G-Y-A-J-I. The fun thing about the Chinese name for the movie is it basically 
translates to like the uh, like collection of stories about Qingming and Boya, and it's like a basically like their ship name. <laughs> it's just like their their two names smashed together. So that's that's really cute. So yeah, that's that is Tingyaji. So we're gonna take another quick break, and then we'll be back with the final segment of the show. And we're back. So once again, I'm starting a new segment, final segment of the show called What's Your Nonsense? This is where I get to talk to a guest, or if, I, if it's a solo show that week, I'll talk about something that I'm into that it seems like nobody else is into or like I'd like to get more people into. So, Vesper, given that prompt, what's your nonsense? That's a great question. <laughs> um, I don't know, dude. There's so many things I want people to get into, but most of them are well-known. So well known they stopped selling the game for a bit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyhow. So that's one, Final Fantasy. Final um, Fantasy 14 online. Yes. Free trial until level 60. <laughs> God, why am I like this? <laughs> I um, mean... <laughs> go ahead. It's a good game. It's a good game. Yeah, I've been playing and doing my best. I think the sort of like not warning per se, but, like, the disclaimer is that the first, like, section of the game called A Realm Reborn is generally pretty tough to get through because, at least in my experience, I, like, with MMOs, I think I might have mentioned this, like, on an earlier episode, but basically, like, an MMO, I want to go in and, like, immediately be able to do things with friends, whereas Final Fantasy fourteen online, you can't, I mean, you can do that, but... Like, all of my friends who play, so Vesper plays, and Josh, who's been on the pod, plays, Josh's boyfriend plays, all, like, I've, I've got a, a whole slew of friends who play, and they're quite high-leveled, and I'm still a baby trying to make my way through A Realm Reborn, and I'm stuck right now on, there's a quest where I have to, like, take a boat to the Lavender Fields or something. Um, oh. And... I got so frustrated because the ferry, I think, or at least maybe I'm, I might be doing something wrong, but like the ferry to take you there isn't like immediately available. And I almost started crying out of frustration. <laughs> yep. I don't think you actually have to do that quest unless you want to unlock housing. Oh. I think. Fuck me. <laughs> um, but also, I just tried to log in, and on the world you're on, mm-hmm. the queue's down to 41 people instead of 4,000, so that's incredible. Damn! Okay, maybe... I think... I know I was talking to to, to Josh and, and their boyfriend, and their boyfriend's just like, next time, maybe we'll just, like, get you through all of A Realm Reborn. So maybe maybe we'll do that. I just need to check how many days are left in, my, in, in the subscription, because uh, as Vesper mentioned at the top, this is a subscription-based game. You pay Squeenix money every month and they say thank you for the money you may now play the game yep so other than final fantasy 14 online i know you said it seems like other people are into it but like uh or into the things that you want more people into but i mean that that's totally fine too what other things other than final fantasy 14 uh or or was is ff14 the only thing that you want to you want to (laughs) plug so it's 2022 right Sorry? I'm stuck in Danganronpa Hell in 2022, which is kind of <laughs> weird. Uh, so play that game if you haven't. It's a lot of fun. And what's the premise for, for those of the those of us who don't know? You are locked somewhere, usually a school, and told, hey, kill your friends so you can leave. Kind of. Do you have the option to not kill your friends? I mean, 
It's a script, right? Mm -hmm. You yourself don't kill people. Right. But you solve murders. Okay. It's a lot like, you know... It falls in the same vein of a lot of things I like, like Battle Royale type things. Mm -hmm. Just puzzle, like investigation things. Yeah. Those sorts of things. That makes me um, think of um, quick game recommendation for you. If if you ever are looking for something new on the Switch, Astral Chain is a mix of like detective action stuff. I have uh, I'm still working on it, but it's like the really like a really cool mishmash of all sorts of genres, and you get your own alien beast creature that is your that fights alongside you. So it's really cool. But yeah, I just thought of that because you were saying investigation. But anyways, continue on. Yeah, I've been meaning to look into that. Also, like, I've been playing similar games to that, like, Murder by Numbers, which mm-hmm. is effectively, I've only finished, like, the first case or whatever. Mm-hmm. You're an actor who just got fired, and then the person who ran the show was murdered while everyone was still there. You gotta find out who, but you gotta find out who by playing fucking either Picross or Sudoku. Interesting. Which okay. was a lot of fun. I like both of those things. Yeah. Same here. The, the number of hours that I've sunk in... I have a Picross app on my phone. The number of, oh, hours, I've, <laughs> number of hours I've sunk into that thing is embarrassing! Yeah, same. And, like, Pokemon Picross. Um, oh, prior man. to the fire, I had finished everything, right? Damn. Um, and I, like, I sunk actual money into it because that's the kind of Damn. person I am. Well, I mean, the game is fun. It is. And you can't <laughs> go wrong with Pokemon Picross. Exactly. Yeah, basically, folks, you're just listening to two old people talk about, oh, I, I love this puzzle game. <laughs> basically. <laughs> and of course, we counter that by playing Valorant and Overwatch, which are definitely not puzzle games. <laughs> no, but I like hunting my friends for sport in FPS games. It's fun. Yes, that's true. We, Evesper and I, <laughs> will sometimes make our own little custom games on Valorant to test things. And the body count is very funny. I think we were to the point where Valorant does, like, the the very traditional, or not traditional, like, the the trendy, like, year in review thing. And I think the first year that they did it, which was, I think, year in review for 2020, (laughs) Vesper and I's most killed was each other. (laughs) Mine's still yours, actually. Mine's still how how much I've killed you. (laughs) Oh, man. That... Yeah, we just have lots of fun in FPS games doing goofy shit. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that... Oh, that's... No, I was going to say, that's it. Just kidding. There's there's still more. So other than the nonsense and everything that you'd like to get people into, do you have anything that you'd like to plug? Whether, like, stuff that you're working on or, like, social media? Where can people find you if they want to? Yeah, so my Twitter is the Matari, M-E-T-A-R-I, on Twitter. <laughs> I'm planning once i start testosterone hopefully next month mm-hmm. doing like a let's play series with my partner Ooh. to like track my voice changes instead of just saying oh i'm Vess." right two weeks on t which mm-hmm. is kind of boring yeah i want to be more fun than that yeah and we're gonna be playing danganronpa um, okay the three main games not the spin-off fps there's what <laughs> what so there's a game called Ultra Despair Girls in the Danganronpa universe. You play as the first protagonist's little sister. Okay. And you go around killing things with like, I think it's like a megaphone. Okay. <laughs> it's, I haven't finished it. It sounds really wacky, but also apparently of the, f- there's five games, I think, total. Mm-hmm. One of them's just like a board game. Okay. But of the, of them, it, I think it's the darkest one. 
Interesting. Um, so I'm a little terrified of actually finishing it. <laughs> okay. An FPS game where you play yeah. as a little girl with a megaphone. Yeah, she's like a teenage girl. She's like, oh, I'm so ordinary. You know, that's yeah. thing. Very, uh, you, the ordinary hobby of running around and killing people with a megaphone. They're not people, usually. They're robots that are trying to ruin the world. Okay, so I guess it's using your megaphone for good. But there is, like, a lot of, like, implications of child abuse in that game, so uh, oh. do tread carefully. Okay. Well, and, like, CSA and stuff, so... Okay. Um, yeah, trigger warning for that. All right. Yeah, that's good to know. That's good to know. So that's, that you said was going to be on your Twitch? Uh, or... we're going to do it on YouTube. I don't have a name for it yet. Okay, I've been gotcha. trying to brainstorm those. Okay. So follow Vesper on Twitter for those updates. Anything else? Writing a book. Haven't got very far, but eventually. One day. One day. Yeah. Nice. Cool. All right, so that's Vesper. As usual, if you like what you've heard on the pod, please feel free to donate at the Patreon. If you search Nonsense and Noise on Patreon, I should pop up. As a reminder, this podcast is completely independent. I do all the editing and all of that good stuff. Patreon, uh, there are three tiers with which you can support the show. Tier 1 gets you a shout-out. Tier 2 gets you early access to the pod. So that means, basically, I do work on editing the pod as well as getting a transcript ready. And basically, pretty much like the day of me finishing the transcription and getting everything uploaded, you'll have access to the podcast episode. And then the day after, it releases to the general public. And then tier three will get you the ability to recommend topics to me to talk about. So actually, this topic of boys love was suggested by a tier three subscriber. And the next topic that has been proposed is talking about the world of Avatar The Last Airbender, which I think is quite rich and chock full of things to talk about so i'm really excited to get into that so that's the patreon if you like me and want to get more of my nonsense and and weirdness you can follow me on twitter instagram and twitch i'm at the same handle on all three platforms that is kato not kato k-a-h-t-o-n-o-t-k-a-y-t-o on twitch i'm going to try to be streaming more legends arceus i have if you follow me on twitter you know i have four perfect dex entries right now which means that i've grinded doing lots of dumb little tasks that don't don't push the story <laughs> forward so yeah that's what i'll be be streaming on twitch maybe some fps stuff if if people join or like if if i feel like playing that that i just have so much just indecision paralysis about which games to play it's just like do I, pl- do I want to play Legends Arceus? I mean, I really want to, but I also really want to play Valorant. So that is currently what's going on with me, and those are all the, the places that you can find me. And with that, thank you all. Uh, thank you, Vesper, for making the time to talk. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. And thanks, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye.